Greetings. One must not get one's knickers in a twist. I know nothing with any certainty, but the sight of the stars makes me dream. Vincent van Gogh is one of my favourite artists and historical figures that I admire. Not only is his artwork incredible, he was an underdog, and I like that. Knowing more about Vincent's life makes his artwork seem so much deeper than on first appearances. Perhaps the most famous artist in the world, Vincent is perceived by many as the mad artist, the man who painted in a frenzy, or simply the tormented soul who cut off his own ear. His artistic genius is often overshadowed by those who see his painting as a mere visual manifestation of his troubled mind. Whilst in part this may be true, his unique artistic style was of enormous importance to a host of artists who followed in his wake. Even when openly influenced by his predecessors, his art remains identifiably his own, developing a distinctive style that failed to be accepted by the art-buying public in his own time. Little is known about Vincent's early years, other than that he was a quiet child with no obvious artistic talent. He himself would later look back on his happy childhood with great pleasure. Van Gogh received a fragmentary education, one year at the village school, two years at a boarding school, and 18 months at a high school. At 16 he began working at the Hague Gallery of the French Art Dealers, in which his uncle, Vincent, was a partner. His brother Theo, who was born on the 1st of May 1857, later worked for the same firm. In 1873 he was transferred to London, and two years later they moved him to Paris, where he lost all his ambition to become an art dealer. Instead, he immersed himself in religion. Throughout his modern worldly book, he took little interest in his own work and was dismissed from his job at the beginning of 1876. Van Gogh then took a post as an artist teacher in England, but disappointed by the lack of prospects, he returned to Holland at the end of the year. He now decided to follow in his father's footsteps and become a clergyman. Although disturbed by his odd behaviour, his parents agreed to pay for the private lessons he would need to gain admission to the university. This proved to be another full start. Van Gogh abandoned the lessons, and after brief training as an evangelicist, he went to the coal mining region in the south bank of Belgium. His ministry among the ministers led him to identify deeply with the workers and their families. In 1897, However, his appointment was not renewed and his parents despaired. 
regarding him as a social misfit. In an unguarded moment, his father even spoke of committing him to a mental asylum. Vincent too was at his wit's end, and after a long period of solitary soul-searching, he decided to follow Teo's advice and become an artist. His earlier desire to help his fellow man as an evangelicist gradually developed into an urge, as he later wrote, to leave mankind some memento in form of drawings and paintings, not made to please any particular movement, but to express a sincere human feeling. His parents could not go along with the latest change of course, and financial responsibility then passed to his brother Teo, who was now working in a Paris gallery. It was because of Teo's loyal support that Van Gogh later became to regard his overture of the fruit of his brother's efforts on his behalf. A lengthy correspondence between the two brothers, which began in August 1872, would continue to the last days of Vincent's life. When Vincent decided to become an artist, no one, not even himself, suspected that he would have extraordinary gifts. His evolution from a novice into a truly original master was remarkably rapid. He eventually proved to have an exceptional feel for bold, harmonious colours and a really good instinct for choosing simple but memorable compositions. In order to prepare for his new career, Van Gogh went to Brussels to study at the academy but later left only nine months later. Then he got to know Anton van Rapid who was to be his most important artist friend during the Dutch period. In 1881, Van Gogh went to live with his parents in North Barbet, where he set himself a task of learning how to draw. In April 1881, Van Gogh went to live back with his parents in North Brabant, where he set himself the task of learning how to draw. He experimented endless with all sorts of drawing materials and concentrating on mastering his technique. Most of his subjects were taken from peasant life. At the end of 1881, he moved to The Hague and there, too, he concentrated mainly on drawing. At first, he took lessons from Anton, his cousin by marriage, but the two soon fell out partly because Anton was scandalised by Vincent's relationship with Sian Hornick, a pregnant prostitute who already had an illegitimate child. Van Gogh made few paintings while in The Hague, but drawing was his main passion. In order to achieve his ambition of becoming a figure painter, he drew from the live model whenever he could. In September 1883, he decided to break off the relationship with Sian and follow in the footsteps of the artists like Van Rapid and Mauve by trying his luck to by trying his luck in the picturesque eastern province of Dreef. After three months, however, a lack of both drawing materials and models forced him to leave. He decided once again to move in with his parents, who were now living in the North Barbant village. Of Newham. In Newham, Van Gogh first began painting regularly, modelling himself chiefly on the French painter Jean Francis Millet, who was famous throughout Europe. 
for his scenes of the harsh life of the peasants. Van Gogh set to work with an iron wheel depicting the life of the villagers and humble workers. He made numerous scenes of weavers. In May 1884, he moved into rooms he had rented from a local Catholic church, one of which he used as his studio. He began painting and drawing a major series of heads and work roughened peasants' hands in preparation for a large and complex fixture piece that he was planning in April 1885. This period of study came to fruition in the masterpiece of his Dutch period, the potato eaters. In the summer of that year, he made a large number of drawings of the peasants working in the fields. The supply of models dried up. However, when the local priest forbid his pastures to pose for the vicar's son, he turned to the painting of landscapes instead. Inspired, in part, to a recent visit to a new museum in Amsterdam, in 1885, feeling the need for a proper artistic training, Van Gogh enrolled himself in the Academy of Antwerp. He found the lessons rather tedious, but was greatly impressed by the city and its museum. He fell under the spell of Peter Paul Rubens' palette and brushwork and also discovered Japanese prints. In early 1886, Van Gogh went to live with his brother in Paris. There, at last, he was confronted with the full impact of modern art and especially the recent works of all the Impressionists. He discovered that his dark palette he had developed back in Holland was hopelessly out of date. In order to brighten it up, he began painting still life of flowers. The search for his own idiom led him to experiment with Impressionist techniques and to study the prints of Japanese masters. During his time in Paris, he made friends with such artists as Paul Gauguin, Emily Bernard, Paul Senique, and George Sunut. Within two years, Van Gogh had come to terms with the latest developments and has forgot his own highly personal style. At the beginning of 1888, Van Gogh, now a mature artist, went south, where he, at last, began to feel confident about his choice of career. He set out to make a personal contribution to modern art with his daring colour combinations. He was swept away by the landscapes. In spring, he painted numerous scenes of fruit trees in blossom and in the summer, the yellow wheat fields. Although he had some difficulty finding models, he did make portraits, among which were those of the Ruin family. It was typical of Van Gogh's faith in his own abilities that he had decided not to try and sell any work yet, but to wait until he had 30 top-class pictures with which he could announce himself to the world. He cherished the hope that a number of artists would come and join him, where they could all live and work together. The idea seemed to get off to a promising start when Gugoin arrived in October 1888. Towards the end of the year, however, his optimism was rudely shattered by the first signs of his illness, a type of epilepsy that took form of delusions and psychotic attacks. It was during one of these seizures that he cut off his left earlobe. Uni made a hasty departure and Van Gogh's dream of an artist colony disappeared. In April 1889, he went to nearby St. Remy, 
where he entered the St. Paul de Mausoleum Asylum as a voluntary patient. Van Gogh was unable to work when he was suffering from bouts of his illness. If he felt well enough though, he went out to draw and paint in the garden of the surroundings of the asylum. His use of colour, which had often been intense, became more muted and he tried to make the brushwork more graphic. In the closing months of the year, he had success when two of his paintings were shown at the 5th Exhibition Society des Artes Independence. Van Gogh also made a large number of translations in colour of print by some of his favourite artists. He found them consoling and they helped him keep in practice. In 1890, the critic Albert Aria published an enthusiastic article about Van Gogh's work. The artist left the asylum in 1890 and went north this time to a rustic village near Paris. On his way, he stopped off in Paris to call on Theo, his wife Joanna and their infant son Vincent Willem. Although he now had a small growing circle of admirers, Van Gogh had lost his original passion he wrote to his brother. He nevertheless continued working hard during the two months, producing dozens of paintings and drawings. On the 27th of July, 1890, Vincent Van Gogh was shot in the stomach and passed away in the early hours of the 29th of July, 1890. Although official history maintains that Van Gogh committed suicide, the latest research can sometimes reveal that Van Gogh's death might have been an accident. Theo had stored the bulk of Vincent's work in Paris. He died six months later. His widow, Joanna, returned to Holland with the collection and dedicated herself to getting her brother-in-law the recognition he deserved. In 1914, with his famous Yord, she published the correspondence between the two brothers. Today, Vincent van Gogh is genuinely considered one of the greatest Dutch painters ever. <laughs>